0: For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com.
1: You are now listening to the Antler Podcast, brought to you by Tethered, the world's best saddle hunting equipment, and we got a fun show for you today. What's up everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode, and I was joined by PA native, Tyler Wilbur, And Tyler and I had a really fun conversation about a variety of different whitetail topics. These topics included his success from this past year and how that will help him this upcoming season. Learning from Steve Shirk as well, and how his scouting is really evolving. We cover some really cool topics that I believe will fire you up for this whitetail season. Kicking off this episode, Tyler introduces himself and what is currently in the works for him. It was really a great opportunity to get a chance to hear Tyler's story from learning from his dad, and now getting a chance to learn from Steve Shirk to hunt the big mountain bucks here in Pennsylvania. We get into what specifically tyler is looking for when scouting and hunting we get into the importance of looking into smaller details to really set himself up and really you what you could learn to set yourself up for success this past season was also a roller coaster type season for tyler in that he was after a really good mature buck and had his chance opportunity but ultimately missed it we chatted about how he didn't let this bad luck shot really tear him down and instead come back from that and kill another great buck here. We get into a heck of a lot more in this episode and really hope you enjoy it. Really the take home message is don't leave it to chance. Get out there, scout, prepare. Don't leave it to chance for next year. Appreciate you Tyler for coming on. Really hope you enjoy this episode, everybody. Thanks again for all of your continued support. Those of you that I had a chance, again, to meet at Total Archer Challenge, it was great to, to meet you in person. It was great to shake hands. Uh, man, it, it's very humbling, and I just want to say thank you so much. If you like what you hear, I'd greatly appreciate it if you would go leave that five-star review over on iTunes or on Spotify, wherever you listen. And also, if you have a chance on iTunes, go ahead and drop a written review as well. It just helps me out some more. So really appreciate it, everybody. we got some cool things coming down the pipe for you. Enjoy. Get out there. Shoot your bow. Antler Up. Tether is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tether produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters, Forward the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You have deer prediction, journaling, and the best maps on any hunting app platform there is. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20% off your Spartan Forge membership at spartanforge.ai. What's going on everybody? We're back. We're live for another episode of the Antlerup podcast and I'm joined on the other line by PA Native. We got Tyler Wilbur on the line. Did I say that right?
2: Yep, you got it.
1: Hell yeah, man. I'm I'm cooking lately. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time this evening to to chat, dude. How how are you?
2: I'm doing great, Jeremy. I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm excited for it,
1: dude. I'm excited too. I, this is uh, this is the time of year where I start getting. Uh, this is my bad time of year. I, I like to say in in a, in a good way because school's done in less than like seven days, and once that's over with, obviously I have my antler up stuff and my family, but that's when my my uh, one OCD my ADHD that I've never been diagnosed with or anything like that, but just stuff that I know. And I'll be, it'll be like 10 o'clock at night. I'm lying in bed with like, just, you know, whatever, or even later. And then all of a sudden I'll go total squirrel and I'll come downstairs and I'll just start looking up archery stuff, start shooting my bow. And I'm then, then I'm up till three in the morning and my wife the next morning, like, why are you so tired? And I'm like, well, I was up again all night last night because archery or deer hunting or whatever. It just, this is that, that bad time of year for, for me when it just consumes me. I feel like.
2: Absolutely agree, man. It's hard <laughs> to turn that thing off.
1: Oh dude, it, it it is. It's so funny. Cause you know, I don't have, I don't, with teaching, I do not have a summer job per se. Uh, and so it's literally wake up, think about deer hunting, go to bed, think about deer hunting. And it's, It's bad. This is like also when I would used to, uh, purchase like a bunch of random, like impulse buys and then right, you know, and then I'm like, Oh shit, I don't need this. And then I end up selling it.
2: <laughs> I know my wife's the same way. You know, she comes home and there's Amazon boxes on the front doorstep. She gives me the old side eye. Like what'd you order now? <laughs> uh-huh,
1: exactly. man. Well, dude, man, what, what's going on with, with you? What's your story? Where, where are you coming from? And, uh, you know, we could, we could kind of go from there.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. So Tyler Wilbur, I'm from central Pennsylvania. Um, you know, kind of got bit by the bug early on, um, was introduced to the outdoors with my dad, um, kind of grew up with that traditional Pennsylvania hunting style, um, you know, first air rifle, um, just kind of built off of that. Um, starting out early, you know, I was always out in the woods with my dad. We would rather it be, you know, trapping uh, or smallmouth fishing on a creek, um, anything from all of that good stuff, man, out in the outdoors, you know, I just kind of got bit by the bug early and uh, grew to a passion. And, uh, you know, after that, I think it's it's a pretty easy takeoff after you get bit by that bug, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this time of year right now, I'm really starting to focus and hone in on my buck inventory I was actually just out here after work today, fixing up one of my mock scrapes. That I have a camera over, um, I just think it's such a crucial tool to take inventory this time of year to kind of see what's going on and what bucks made it, what didn't, you know? Um, but I mean, yeah, man, it's, it never stops. you it know, like does. we were saying, it <laughs> never stops since, you know, there's it's, sometimes it can be stressful, you know, and, the heat of hunting season, um, it's all about finding that perfect balance, um, with your, your home life. But it's, it's hard, man. You gotta, you gotta get out there. You gotta get after it and stay with it, you know, through the highs and lows of the season. Um, but you know, that's in a nutshell, man, that's kind of how I got my start. It's kind of where I'm at, um, right now, this time of year. Um, but I mean, it's, it never stops. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> it's what, no, dude, that's perfect. And and what I want to kind of even go into, uh, I, what I find interesting is the more and more people that, that we talk with, um, you know, if like an individual like yourself, like you said, grew up hunting because of your dad and got got out there when you're younger, how has that kind of evolved for you as a, as an, an adult now, because, you know, when when we were growing up, we took our father's words, hunting words, as the gospel. Right? It was like you had right, to do this. Absolutely. And then you know, there's times now where I love like teaching him the old. You know, you can teach a, an old dog a new trick here and there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, right. you know, what yeah. what could you think of some funny things that you've kind of have uh, have have done over over the last couple of years where you're like, yeah, that that's uh, been debunked. Here's what we're gonna do now, Dad.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean. Growing up, like I said, that PA traditional, it's like you just got to stay in your stand and, you know, you're playing off a game of chance, really. Um, And, you know, something I've really started to focus on the last two years, especially this last year, is kind of breaking away from that and um, finding, you know, I've never only, you know, I know you know Steve Shirk and recently he kind of has taken me under his wing and really yeah (laughs) um he's kind of really opened my eyes to some things man um just find locating you know buck beds is one thing i've never took into consideration or looking for when i was out in the woods with my dad it was always like oh man there's a big buck rub you know oh there's a nice rub line you know and uh just little pieces to the puzzle and just kind of fine-tuning things um and one thing I was kind of, kind of makes me laugh is my dad's always so hot and heavy in the woods. Like he's moving a mile a minute, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I've really found being with Steve in the woods, it's really slowing things down. You know, once you hone into an area where there's some historical sign there, whether it be a scrape or a rub or, you know, anything like that, I'm right now I'm really slowing things down and dissecting that i um, just kind of fine-tuning that, taking a lot of things into consideration. Um, you know, something else that I've taken into consideration, you know, I'm sure you know PA Big Woods and the ridges and stuff is thermals. And yeah. they are not, you know, thermals and your leeward sizes or ridges and, and all that, you know, I've, I've been taking into consideration this last year or two. Yeah. Um, and what do something –
1: Dude, one thing that I love what you said and I I do want to I, I want to let you finish, but I want you to we could talk about it is how you said like don't leave it to chance, right? Because yeah. dude, I, I I've I've fallen victim to that so many times, you know, over the yeah. last couple of years and kind of like yeah. what, you, what you said you, uh, be a little bit more calculated, right? Be a little bit more calculated yeah. with your moves, with your hunts and what you're doing and have a purpose um, you know, and and that's the I think that's just a even just a stepping stone to the overall puzzle that we're trying to piece together.
2: Yeah, absolutely agree with that, Jeremy. I mean, you know, uh, something else is, you know, basing that game of chance. You know, how many times in the past have you been sitting in your stand and it's like 9 o'clock in the morning you haven't seen a deer, in, you know, all day? And mm-hmm. it's like, well, do I stay here? And it's something I've really started to do is – if I'm not seeing deer, you know, I'm going to move, but I'm going to move slow. If I have to make an adjustment or say I'm in my stand and I'm seeing deer, you know, a hundred yards out and they're moving consistently through an area, you know, if I'll glass the area, but I'm down and I'm moving. Uh, if, if all is clear, you know, um, yeah. to that set area. But you know, it's, that's another thing too, is just, Sometimes we, we find ourselves where we freeze up for whatever reason it may be. It's like, ah, you start having that second guess, you know, like, do I get down? Do I risk it? And I'm going into this year, I'm making moves. Um, and it might not be like so much aggressive, but I'm going to be more strategic about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but not be afraid or reserved, so to speak, um, making a move. I think sometimes you just got to make some things happen. Yeah. Um, it's panned out for me, you know? Yep.
1: Um, Cause when you think about that too, it's, it's like going with your gut and I've said it now yep. countless of times on the podcast where, holy shit, man, if I would have just gone with my dang gut, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be, be sitting here saying, Oh uh, man, it was a great year uh, seeing deer. I didn't kill kill the buck I was I really wanted. Like I I would have at least I think would have said like I shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Because yep. man, yeah. I, I mean, it's been with friends, family, shit, myself, and and there's been a couple times where it's panned out for me. A couple times like either successfully pulling that tag or at least having great encounters. More times than not, Tyler, the times that I've gone with my gut. It's ended up being better in times when it's like I have a gut feeling this is going to happen, but I'm going to stick to this my guns and do this. It, you know, if I would have gone with my gut, it would have been it would have been a better situation. You know, kind of real quick just to kind of go squirrel. Honestly, honestly, dude, I don't know if I've ever told this story. Now that it's so many months past, I I, I feel okay saying it and licking my wounds. I guess you could say. So right the, the story. If, if anybody had listeners that have remember when we had that Sunday hunting weekend and that Saturday, my father and I went down to an, uh, the public area piece of that's near our private piece that we hunt. Uh, the mm-hmm. one buck that I was after had him on camera from, Friggin September all the way up until up until this time basically he was just I kind of knew where he was betting and which way he was coming for it was just waiting for the right opportunity to get in there because of the access and the wind stuff and during that Saturday I had a a, uh, some random individual somehow trespass onto our property that got onto the public because the public is kind of like blocked off if that makes sense i don't know really how to explain it and he just starts yelling yo 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 yo." long story short he he gets really dang close and he bumps that deer and the deer comes from the exactly where i was anticipating him to come from and i see him i had that encounter he was still about 50 yards away he didn't continue to come in towards me he worked away however my gut was telling me that, like, we my dad and I moved spots in the afternoon that evening. Like, we had a couple encounters with smaller bucks, nothing happened. But you know, when we're, we're talking game planning for Sunday, he said, What do you want to do? And I said, Man, I said, Part of me, dad, I said, What well, really wants to go back down in there because I do think that buck could come back. But with this guy coming, who knows what the hell Sunday's going to be like. You know what I right. mean? Cause it being with people knowing that you can hunt this Sunday, like was the guy lost? No idea. Was he trying to scare deer? I, I don't, I have no idea what this dude's agenda was. So right. my gut was telling me to go back in there, but I kind of, I didn't, I don't want to say I listened to my dad, but I kind of just, I forced myself to not go with my gut. So we're hunting the next day, the next morning, somewhere else in our normal decent spots on our side of the private mountain. And Ping! There goes my cell camera photo, and that bastard—that no. bastard runs. Would have ran right underneath my tree that I normally kind of got up in in that area.
2: Oh my gosh! white whitetail do something fierce to us, don't they? Oh,
1: Tyler, I'm telling you, and that's so with you exactly what you're saying. Be more calculated and going with your gut and just trusting your instincts, man. I, I, yep. I really do. Man, I think that's a good written piece. You know what I'm saying? To, Absolutely. To trust your instincts, man. Trust them.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's you know that kinda is how I killed my butt this year, Jeremy. to Be honest with you, I was. I always take a week off every year around November seventh, whatever wherever that falls. It's always kind of a week that me and my dad have taken off, and uh, I got my tail kicked. You know, uh, this past season, I'd made a bad shot on a buck that I've been chasing, going on six years now. Um, and everything was perfect. My arrow hit a limb. It was kind of a low light setting. it was just one of those things where you get tunnel vision on the target and you don't really look at the fine twigs and arrow deflected, hit him high in the shoulder. Thankfully he made it. Uh, I already have trail camera pics of him. So he's healthy and well. Um, but you know, after, after that week, it was a real long, down week uh came home actually it was that sunday that we could hunt uh the 13th and it was just windy and you know i was like oh, do i go out i have this local spot right by my house that i hadn't not very big it's only 8 acres of timber and uh but there but there's good sign in there you know there's consistent deer sign uh and i had i had a trail camera in there and i was getting some smaller bucks and stuff but i was like hey, i'll just You know, something was telling me, get out there and go sit in your stand. And my wife kind of pushed me out the door. She was like, don't you give up now, you know, because I was ready to hang my hat out. (laughs) After that week, I was like, man, I'll I'll hang it up for the season. But she was like, get out there and make a move. Like, don't quit. So I did. I went out there, you know, and my gut was just telling me to sit in this one tree and I never saw the buck that I had taken this past year on my camera and he came in and ended up being my personal best to date. Um, and I mean, case in point, man, we went with our gut and it paid off. Yeah. Uh, tenfold. So,
1: so that, that's a great kind of leadway into this and, and we've all been there, man. Right. We've all yeah. have had those mishaps, uh, missed opportunities, you know, what, what is, what's, and I know, like you said, your, your wife kind of encouraged you to get back on the horse and get out there, you know, mentally yeah. though, or your shot preparation, are you doing anything to kind of help, you know, psych yourself back up again and uh, you know, kind of reel real it in because I, I talked with another friend earlier today, we were talking about how, you know, personally for me, I felt like this year I did a better job of not going full psycho right and like especially like when certain deer came in like that deer i just told you about like during that encounter man a couple seconds after i I, is when i kind of was like dang like and was like really shooken up but during the moment man i really slowed it down and and another another encounter about like a week and a half prior to that on a deer i should have probably killed i it was again like a minute 30 seconds to a minute afterwards when i really got sh- sh- you know shaken up about it yep you know so yep. what what process did you do or do you do to kind of don't want to say you know out of sight out of mind forget it but how are you overcoming those those tough moments
2: so one thing i like to do is i shoot four arrows a day um every day um and i just think it keeps me regular and almost you know, muscle memory kind of takes over and you go into autopilot when, when that moment's unfolding. Um, and I found it to be very helpful because let's face it, archery, most of the time, it's a one-shot game. Yep. Um, and for me, you know, some guys can go out there and fling 20 arrows, you know, do whatever works for you. Um, me, I keep it pretty simple. I go out, I shoot my quiver uh, every day. and It just kind of keeps everything you know, I guess everything oiled up, so to speak, <laughs> um, for, for when that moment counts the most, you know, um, it's really one thing that I focus on is my efficiency with my equipment that I'm using. Um, I think those, those little things matter the most in a crucial time. I think, yeah. um, that's just something I, I always have done, man. I just, Something my dad has always told me is you're going to take that thing in the woods. You better be good with it, you know? Yep.
1: Take the guesswork out of building your own arrows for this upcoming season by ordering a custom set of MMT arrows from Exodus Outdoor Gear. They have developed and sourced literally the most precise archery components on earth to build a tailored arrow for your hunting adventures. Just head over to Exodus's website and plug in your specifications in the arrow builder and have your custom set sent straight to your door and use code AU12 to save 12% off your custom set over at exodusoutdoorgear.com. Yeah, that's kind of same here. And the one thing that I've think helped me going into this past year was obviously the the work that i put into last off season and and i've kind of kicked it up a little bit of a notch as well to push myself to continue to feel good uh, with my shot process but you know i had greg litzinger on and i talked about this on another podcast where he you know he he talked about where he gets into like he flips a switch you know what i'm saying like he's like okay And he even talks about it when he's driving somewhere, if he's going to a spot where, you know, maybe he's going to shoot a doe or not, instead of being like pre like uh, in the moment, you know, he's basically yeah. in the, in the truck gets out. And it's like, I'm killing a doe today. Right. If, if a doe yep. comes through and gives him that shot opportunity, he's He's flipping that switch and goes in kill mode. And I, I tried to do that. And I constantly, as I was in my saddle this year, constantly went through like, anchor bubble yeah and like would go through my my thing so then as and i i did shoot a doe uh the technically not opening day but that next first saturday and Mm -hmm. i missed a man to this day i still don't understand the shot opportunity but again like that shot process dude it was the best shot process that I ever had. Like, I remember watching the arrow fly hit her like still as my bow arm is up. And I remember being, boom, I drilled her. Then as soon as she turned and I saw the arrow and I was like, that had no penetration. Like it was like almost as if it like bounced off her. I know it's going to sound weird, but at the same time I was like, well, if you take that shot process into your buck opportunity, you're going to make this yeah. shit count now next time. You yeah. know what I mean? And and like, yeah. it, I know, I know that sounds weird, but the that little, no. that little minor confidence of that process allowed me to feel confident going forward.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I think we learn, we learn a lot. Um, you know, as you were saying that too, I kind of get in that, that zone when I get up in my stand, I start playing out scenarios in my head like, okay, he's going to come down this way or, if I, I'm, I check my wind and, okay, it's going this way, I'm anticipating maybe to come on the downwind side, you know, getting that positive mental attitude rolling in your mind, like, okay, it just adds that confidence to that moment. You know, um, like this is everything I trained for. It's one thing I will say when this past year, when I did have that opportunity at big eight, you know, um, as soon as I saw him, I was like, I played this scenario in my mind for six years, you know, and it's, you know, he's on a beeline right to my tree and I know this is about to happen. And it's just like you were saying, Greg Litzenzer, you flip that switch and mm-hmm. it's just like autopilot takes over and you know, that at the end of the day we're human, we make mistakes, but I feel like, you know, it's, it's how we bounce back from the mistakes and what we can learn from them. You
1: know, 100%, man, I really love what you just said. And, and, uh, I, I I agree fully to you too with that and, uh, with you on that because, you know, he, he just, you almost got to just be like, it's either that or, or get out of the woods. Do you know what I mean? Like I've kind of, it's, you know, I look at, I'd, I'd never wrestler wrestled in, in, uh, in, in my life, uh, like in high school or anything like that, or growing up, but I love talking to my students that are wrestlers because yeah. you know, in order for them to be at their weight, they have to beat out you know a, a, a teammate for that to, yeah. to, to to go wrestle. So it's either like put up or shut up, right? And
0: yeah, I've, that's
2: it. I've,
1: I've kind of adopted that mentality when walking in into the Whitetail Woods when it's you know it's go time. It's you know it's serious. Yep. It's fun. You enjoy it, but at the same time, it, we're we're after after something, uh, an animal that has its life, and we have, we're trying to perfect all our skill sets so that way we do it in the best way possible. Basically,
2: yep, yeah, absolutely, yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. I love what you said. You know, it's it's the fine tuning of the things. You know, yeah, that that I think go the longer distance. It's really, and sometimes you know, my dad will always look at me. and He's like, "Man, you're too hard on yourself." You know, it's like, no, you. That's that's not it <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's i I hold myself accountable, you know yeah. if, like he always instilled in me you know you you make sure it's an ethical shot if it's not, you let it walk, and that's just you know i always it's one thing too is you have a shot opportunity and it could be your personal best i I will let him walk if he's not presenting me the shot the ethical shot to say. Yep, I'm letting him walk because he'll live on to see another day, and I can just get right back on him again. You yep. know?
1: Yeah. What What were some uh some lessons that you're taking away from that, that buck this past year, like you could even go from both, uh, like from the behavior that they demonstrated to, you know, like, wow, they did this coming in and that presented me a shot in the wind or my thermals, you know, what kind of takeaways will you be taking into uh, this upcoming season from obviously the, the missed opportunity and then coming back and, and harvesting a, a different buck?
2: Absolutely. I, you know, first things first, going to make sure I have some shooting lanes. (laughs) Um, But no, I think for this coming year, uh, my focus is going to be, you know, one thing that Steve really opened my eyes is how these reclusive bucks are and how each buck I've learned has his own kind of personality, so to speak. Um, And taking that into consideration, I know pretty much I've honed into his core area now um i just actually two weeks ago i was up scouting and kind of honed in on this bedding area that i think he's at and i clustered some of my cameras to whole intel but i think you know going forward into this year something that i can learn from last year's mistake is not taking for granted on knowing what that buck's gonna do because let's face it sometimes they throw us a monkey wrench mm-hmm. and it's like man you, you think you have them figured out and it's it's like man well why is he doing that um so kind of I, I guess if what I'm trying to say is kind of setting up based off of the intel that I'm gathering um the spot that I saw him in last year was it was on a bench at the base of this ridge that I To be honest, when I went in there, I was setting up for a, a recon sit. I just wanted to see what I was doing. I had hung my climber on this tree um, for it was that during that overlap bear archery season. Yep. Um, and I kind of had hung my climber in there. And actually the morning before I went in there and had shot him, uh, my dad had saw him tending a doe. Uh, on that bench and he was headed out that way. And he was like, I think you need to go out there and just see if he can get eyes on him. And lo and behold, I had no, you know, intention, or I shouldn't say intention I had no expectations of seeing him that very night, you know? So when that all unfolded, I was just setting up doing a recon sit and he came to 15 yards, you know, the buck that I've been chasing for five years is 15 yards away from me, you know? Yeah. Uh so I mean, don't be afraid to get in tight to them uh, and really set up. You know, stands have a don't have just a plan A. Yeah, um, that's that's another thing. It's, I have a plan A, B, C, and sometimes a D if it allows me. Um, but you know, those are all the things I'm gonna be taken into consideration with this year going forward
1: i like that man and and one and one key word that you said and i feel like it's i mean it's so simple to let things go to the wayside and one of the things it's like oh yeah this is a a bucks or a deer's core area right you know but but in the grand scheme of things like what we were even saying earlier like growing up when we were like oh my gosh look at this rub line and you know Mm -hmm. Well, is this, this Buck's core area? How wide does that, does that expand? Is that, is it a mile? Yeah. Is it two miles? And yeah. like what you were saying of, you know, when you look at the topo map and you're seeing, okay, you know, here's this type of bench or Ridge and you, know, you start getting into, this is some thick and nasty stuff. And, you know, you, you could kind of maybe branch out and come up with those ideas. And that's one aspect that I think I've, gotten better at this past year uh, and, and yeah. can continue to kind of piece those puzzles together. And like for you, I, like I'm, I'm still, I'm still very not good at saying buck, like, let me find these, these buck bedding. And I know like you're saying, talking to Steve and, and learning from him and uh and, and you get in a better understanding of this, you know, what, what are, like when you find a, a buck bed, you know, what are you what are like when you're slowing that process down, what are you di- like when you're standing there looking at your phone and you're maybe typing in some notes? Like what are some of the things that could be be typed in uh, on that when you find that that buck bed?
2: You know, some things I'll always take into consideration is when I'm standing there in the bed, where, where, what's the wind doing? Okay. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll annotate that uh, predominant wind direction. Um, and then I'll pull up the topo and see where this bed's located at, uh, on the topo. And kind of, that's my, usually that's my starting point is, you know, okay, the wind's going this way, his bed's here. And then what I like to do is I like to get down to his level. I like to see visually what, what he's looking at and why he's, you know, facing, if he's going to be facing, you know, where there's that, an access trail, you know, where you can see everything coming in or everything going out. Um, and then what I'll do from there is I'll branch out and I'll look for food sources in the perimeter. I'll kind of do a grid search, if you will, like mm-hmm. in small loops and kind of work outward from that bed and see, okay, well, here's some brows. I can see that he's, hitting some maple shoots, you know, um, or greenbrier. And then from there, um, I kind of usually will stage a camera. Um, not too close, like Steve said, you want to be able to check these cameras without putting pressure in there because you can he said, you know, you can bump them out of an area. And he'll nine times out of ten, that buck has not just one bed, he has multiple beds Um, he has multiple escape routes. Um, and that's kind of the process I'm slowly building. I'm very, I'm a green grasshopper. I tell that to Steve all the time. I'm your grasshopper, you know? Um, but you know, breaking it down, uh, you kind of find uh, one thing I love finding buck beds is a clear cut. I love cuts. Um, I like usually like, um, like a five year younger cut it's I find it to be kind of easier to find your beds. Um, and with that denser, you know, lower growth, any tree that kind of sticks out. One thing I love is looking for hemlocks. Um, that's where up in my cabin we have a clear cut and you can stand at the top of the ridge and I kind of like to get a vantage point over this clear cut mark the hemlocks in the cut and I will physically make my way to them and see if there's a bed. And I've found it to be true, man. They love hemlocks. Uh, just given the shade, you know, in that thermal, that thermal cover, they love um, it. Absolutely. They, love it. they do keep them cool in the summertime. It's, you know, this time of year, especially if you were to find a hemlock in a cut somewhere, um, you'll probably find some deer hair in it, you know, especially this time of year when they're shedding their coat.
1: Dude, I find I find it's like major scrape city too.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I love is scrapes. I love scrapes. I've really started to incorporate scrapes about 2 years ago me and my dad really kind of went off on a tangent of watching a bunch of scrapes, you know, we watched mm-hmm. Jeff Sturgis and just a bunch of a bunch of scrape videos, you know, and how the deer communicate within the herd using them scrapes is just incredible. I mean, you learn so much over, I love hanging uh, a camera over a scrape and just leaving it up and just seeing what them deer are doing and throughout the year. And I think referring back to historical data on your trail cameras will also help, you know, that's, kind of shrink that guessing game down. You know what I mean? Oh
1: dude. And that's the importance of, especially when you got a good one, you try to leave that one up all year because and mm-hmm. when you see these, these doe hitting it now all summer and a, a yeah. buck and occasional, you know, we'll hit it from now until then. Yep. And, and hell you might even be lucky hit it in a, in a dominant buck, uh, you know, core area like that, that come fall, then you're going to get all that action because you know that's that's the one aspect that th- that I love about them, and and I don't want to jump down that that uh, scrape road just yet because there are some things yeah. that I I written down, and I, you know, what I while you were talking about the buck bedding, and you know, I wrote down here like we f- you found the buck bed right, and you got down on their level, you're checking things out, and yep. you know you're checking the wind. And then, man, like, find those faint trails. You know what I mean? There yeah. might be a huge deer trail that, you know, could obviously might be finding some a lot of deer shit on or whatever. And then there yeah. might be that faint one, and that could be the one that this buck's traveling. Then you might find a little bit of sign. Then you're looking at the map, and you're like, okay, where's this next destination going to be? Like, when you find yeah. that, that's that's what we're talking about, of putting those pieces of the puzzle together, and you could get yeah. inside that bubble without making too much you know, disturbance. Right. And that, yeah. I'm assuming that's exactly what Steve and, and, you know, has been trying to teach you and, and what you're, yeah. what you're talking about.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, one thing too, is oftentimes in a buck bed, you, he all, like I said, he always will have an escape route and a lot of times an escape routes mm-hmm. will go to a trail and sometimes the old daisy chain to another bed. Um, I found that, you know, it might not be, close it could be seventy five to a hundred yards, but you eventually that escape route will go to a trail um to get to a different betting area, so to speak. Um and like you were saying, just finding those faint trails, you know, eventually they're gonna take you to somewhere that you're gonna stumble onto and see me like, ooh. Yeah, starts to get that real you know i like to call it the the bucky feeling it's yep. real bucky you know yeah um,
1: absolutely so dude and and you're talking about like the hemlocks and when i said about the scrape city so this could kind of lead us back into that scrapes man yeah. so it's so funny because I want, I want to say now this will be going on year three of my dad and i you know, running trail cameras on getting historical data on either natural scrapes that we find and, or ones that we've doctored up. Right. And like, when you know, it's it's so funny because prior to that I was learning about scrapes, but man, was I doing it completely freaking wrong? (laughs) Like I was just, I was like, Oh, this looks like a cool area. Let me throw up a a scrape and I was nowhere near a friggin' deer trail, like somewhere, you know what I mean? It was just in the most random spot, like throwing a dart on a frigging map. So, you know, you know, right. lo- you know, as, as the years go on and you learn about it and, you know, my dad's kind of looking at me like I got 10 heads. And finally, when <laughs> I started learning, I was like, dad, this is a monster trail that we always have seen deer on. Like, let's, let's throw up a, this mock scrape here. Like this is the perfect tree. It's r- literally yeah. on the trail. he was, Amazed, uh, just yeah, f- like talking now until non stop deer, doe, fawns, uh, yep. you know, bucks, bears you name it like every animal was out there smelling and getting in on this, and now they take it over, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. now, like, we don't even have to doctor it up, like, whatsoever. Yep. Um, that has been the most real, like I would say the, the most unique thing, because like how we were saying earlier about learning things from our dads, that was non-existent. You know what I mean? It was like, wow, look at these rubs, look at these rubs. Like scrapes was like, what the hell's a scrape type of ordeal? Yeah. Yeah. Do do you know what I mean? Like my, like it wasn't, it wasn't really a, a thing to, you know, put notes on basically or, or really yeah that's what deer do they piss in it like okay cool yeah Mo- moving on or whereas yeah, now exactly. we, where now we know that is the central social media hub for all these deer
2: absolutely yeah that's 100 percent, man i mean i can't even to be honest this sounds really bad but i mean three years ago i mean i really wasn't taking a scrape into consideration when yeah. i was hunting you know, mm-hmm. it's, it was like, man, oh, there's a rub. Oh, that means he's got to be in here. It's got to be a big buck coming through here. That's where I'm going to hang my hat, you know? Um, but man, the scrape world, it's just, it's a whole rabbit hole in itself. And it's easy to fall into, you know? Yep. Uh, and I, that's one thing I love about it too. I mean, I love scrapes. Like I said, it's pretty much one of my go-to arsenal thing that I go off of when I'm hunting, especially well, in that early October period.
1: And I liked what you said earlier today is how that's like an inventory thing for you. And and that's what it, yeah. it's also become a thing for, for me as well. Um, so talk, I guess a little bit about that. Like, how are you using that for your, for your inventory, your Intel, um, uh, maybe how you might, uh, add that, you know, piece of the puzzle uh, uh, to that as well. And, um, you know, and go from there with it.
2: Yeah, I've you know it's I've, like I said you know I've been stum- I stumbled onto this whole scrape thing and me and my dad would just kind of we got on this logging road up up at our cabin and you know we always would see scrapes there and it was we hung a camera over it and it was like man sliced bread you yep. know like like you were saying you're you had doe fawns bucks you know hitting it and it was like okay light bulb went on let's start you know find in the bedding area and that's kind of what i do is i like to stage my my mock scrapes on the outskirts of a bedding area Um, i like to find usually an intersection of trails going into that bedding area and setting up my scrapes right there near that intersection because you're getting too you know two birds, one stone, they're coming right to your, your scrape, you know? And one thing I really like to do Jeremy with mine is I love eye appeal. I want, I want a branch. I usually take, and I'll take a little piece of paracord with me and I, I, I mainly like to use something with a lot of leaves. You know, I like to use a lot of beach. Um, that's what I mainly use. If it's available, um, something that's going to hold their scent pretty good and you know, After that, I kind of, I usually get it started with a licking branch scent. Um, I'm not big on using scents. My own personal opinion about it is you can't beat anything other than a real, actual deer scent. You know, um, I like to generate them with like a licking branch scent, a preorbital scent. uh, And I let them go. Like, I don't, I don't mess with them as soon as they start hitting it. I just let it go yeah. um and let them do their thing. But uh, as far as you know, taking inventory, I think you know, honing into them bedding areas, you're going to catch multiple deer profiles coming in there and getting their scent. And I think as the season, you know, uh transpires, I think it almost becomes like this natural thing like you know, for instance, I had last year I had this doe and she would come in every day. I I shit, you know, every day she would come in and this licking branch was like a toy to her. She would stand up on her hind legs (laughs) and, you know, (laughs) I thought, man, you son of a gun. You keep breaking my licking branches with her hooves, you know? Um, But, you know, that just became like a daily routine for her. And, you know, come rut time, she was still there. And I was, you know, I was like, she was a mature nanny doe. I was like, man, she's, once she pops, there's going to be some buck screws. And well, lo and behold, you know, I had uh, another hit list buck of mine that I named little buddies a nine point pretty good, respectable, buck. you know, high one thirties PA mountain buck. And he was in there, man, every, every other day he was in there checking that scrape. The problem was, is I had, it wasn't a, you know, I wasn't getting live Intel. That was like one of them cameras that I kind of put in that area and just was like, I just want to gain Intel on this yeah. area for the following the next year, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, going back and look at that, I was like, Oh man, if I just would have been in here, you know, a couple <laughs> days when I was up, actually he was cruising in there in daylight. I was like, man, I was like, 300 yards down the ridge (laughs) where this was going on you know Uh um so taking that into consideration you know i just think scrapes alone are just an awesome tool in the arsenal for us as hunters Um, and i think there's a lot to learn about them
1: america's best bowstrings has been manufacturing high quality custom bowstrings in the usa since 2006 America's Best Bowstrings strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection, and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. I think you are a million percent correct, and man, I think that is going to be your one biggest tool to get that historical data on a piece uh, that you know you, you really want to learn about. Like a spot Gosh. that, you know what I'm saying? Like a spot where you yep. want to learn to get the most, uh, like you said, just inventory on, on uh, the amount of deer, the, the the whatever specific bucks are in that area, how they yep. how they maneuver around that. Uh, one thing, yep. too, that I, I, I'm with you, especially like now, I do the same thing, try to get that beach and you know, as many leaves as possible. And I'll use some preorbital stuff. I'll use even like that forehead gland from buck fever. Um, mm-hmm. but man, when I, if I doctor up the ground, I'm just tearing up that, that, yeah. that dirt just to get that dirt smell. Um, yep. like when I know like one, I don't know what, what's gone, gone on in my life. You know, I'll be 36, but for some reason my, I can still smell, but it's not as it's not as strong as it used to be. So like <laughs> yeah. so if when I'm like wow, that sucker, I could smell that dirt, you know what I'm saying? When it smells yeah. really rich like that, I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm happy. And dude, I'm I'm making it like a car hood. Like I want oh, like yeah. how, like how you were saying about a, like that appearance. I want yep. that deer to be walking on that trail or a different trail and be like, "Whoa, who just made that?" and yeah and work that you know maybe break off to that fork in the road to go to on that trail to that scrape
2: yep absolutely i think i appeal is everything i want you know i want him to come into an area and see that branch swinging like he can't resist he has to go and check it out and a lot of times you know what i started doing i was talking with troy pottinger was you know having a wind one thing that's gonna, gonna incorporate that that wind checker in the trail cam that's telling you, okay, the wind, you know, that little ribbon's blown this way. Okay. He's coming into the scrape on this, you know, from this angle and this side, you know, I think that alone is like, man, that's, that will tell you what that buck's doing when with that wind direction, how he's coming into that area. You know, it's just another piece of the puzzle, you know, like we were saying, uh, to add to our tool belt so to speak
1: yeah no doubt about it Troy's the man oh my gosh yeah he is man man. he's like I call him the gadfado when it comes to the scrapes you
2: know the scrape guru he is man he's a great
1: dude too he's also a a teacher so that's you know kudos kudos to to Troy but um so now like we're you know what does your scouting look like now compared to are you putting cameras out now? Or are you still kind of just confirming areas where you maybe want to put out cameras later down the line? You know, what does what does your scouting now look like, or that the process? Does it build up each month—June, July, August—into September, or is it kind of the same thing as as those months progress? Yeah,
2: hey, you know, this time of year, Jeremy, I'm I'm pretty much I'm I'm starting uh, slate fresh, and I'm looking. You know, I'm piecing some of my you know historical data that i got from last year and kind of incorporating that into my scouting this time of year Mm -hmm. i'm going into some of those areas that i want really want to start to fine tune not necessarily commit to it but i i want to dig in there and kind of dissect some of that um but this time of year right now uh here in the next couple weeks is when i kind of go in i'm going to start getting out those mock scrapes um to start opening the network of communication in the deer herd and trying to pick, pick apart some places and, you know, see if I can start to fine tune some areas. Um, but you know, ultimately I always refer back to historical data. Um, and I'll go in like going into this upcoming weekend, I'm going to be going and scouting for Memorial day. I'm going to be doing some scouting. Uh, I got a clear cut, that I'm going to be scoping out, see if I can locate some beds to piece of public that's near here to home. So, uh, it's always good to have a contingency plan. Yep. Um, and that's kind of been my focus this past year is it's not really hanging up my hat at my cabin. I mean, I know I always go and hunt at my cabin, but I want different options cause I constantly want to, you know, if it doesn't pan out, you know, the days that I'm up at my cabin, you know, it's a three hour drive from my house, you know, I like being in the game when the season's in, I do everything I can to get out and into a stand. So always having a contingency plan. Um, And that's kind of what I'm building off of uh, right now is, you know, fine tuning some of these areas uh, and really just breaking some of those past areas down a little bit more and fine tuning some things.
1: Yeah. And then, what about like during this time frame as well? Like with uh, your trail cameras, are you putting out any now? Uh, do you bring one with you? Unless it's like this, uh, this definitely rewards a a camera. And then oh, hey, yeah. this this spot, I would like to maybe come back and check it in August to kind of get a little bit of a confirmation, a little bit more. Like, how do you go about that? Just because I, the more and more a couple of my buddies were. You know, kind of doing that a little bit like I there's a couple more pieces that I've been to here locally that I want to bring some cameras with me that I've already scouted. And then there's other places that I want to check out and I want to get back to. And if, when I get back to it, if it if it kind of gets the you know, the fuzzies going, then I'll put up the camera. But right away, I, I'm, I don't plan on just being like camera, camera, camera. Do you know what I'm saying? So like what's yeah. uh, what's what's your your game plan with that?
2: I, I so I always carry at least two or three s- cameras on me, um, just because I've had so many past experiences where I'm not looking in a set area. I'm kind of going to an area that I've e-scouted, yep. and uh, on the way there, I'll pass by like an area that's like whoa. I wish I had a camera. Well, I've learned that, <laughs> from that mistake. So I, I try to always keep at least, you know, two or three cameras in my pack when I'm scouting, um, just to kind of hang it up. And, you know, like you were saying, I do do that. Um, you know, in August, i actually kind of the next time frame when I come back through, um, my wave, I'll, I'll call it, um, just going through and kind of doing a sweep. I don't like to put a lot of pressure, um, and unnecessary pressure. Sorry. And I, you know, finding those areas, I think I can process of elimination on, okay, there's nothing here or, okay, there is something here. All right. Now I'm going to cluster my cameras in this area. Once I find something I like, I like to kind of cluster my cameras into that area to really fine tune that, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So now the buck that you were after last year that you know where I should say the last couple of years you know that yep. he he's living uh how do you how do you go about not going full like moron and just go after him <laughs> you know what I mean just just go down that rabbit hole of of, of cuz you know that what he'll, what he'll could potentially be right um yeah. so you know, what are you, what's your game plan for, for this upcoming year for right now? And I know so much could change, but like, kind of like, what is your early stages to, to this, uh, you know, this buck basically.
2: So i have you know, like I said, a couple weeks ago, me and my dad were up doing some scouting while we were turkey hunting. And I did hang some cameras on an area that, uh, I told you I'd kind of honed in on what I believe is his core area. i found several beds that I'd staged, uh, some cameras on to check. And that's kind of all I'm going to be doing, especially him and his age. I mean, my calculations are correct from when I first saw him to now It would put him, and, nine and a nine-and-a-half-year-old buck.
1: Ooh, Tyler, that um, is a friggin' old dude, man. Damn.
2: He is. Yeah, he. when I first saw him, I believe he was three-and-a-half, a stud three-and-a-half, um, and that was 2018. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's the very least, I would say. He's at minimum at least nine-and-a-half, wow. um, which is, you know, a buck like that, whatever he's been doing to elude the hunters at our camp, you know, in our camp we have, we have over 20 members. Um, so he's eluding, you know, all these hunters. I mean, last year rifle season, and I was, I was caught in the middle of this drive on, cause our cat, our cabins property borders, um, some public and these guys are doing a drive and there was 20 guys in this drive. And I was like, Oh my gosh, he's,
1: He's done. how does he make it yeah, <laughs> yeah I was like
2: oh my gosh I mean I thought I had him figured out I'm in this area next thing you know I hear a bunch of hooting and hollering and I heard some shots ring out and I was like oh my word well I ended up talking to the guys in the drive and there were 20 guys lined up on this on this ridge you know from top to bottom and they had got they told me they were like yeah we got two eight points and I was like No, (laughs) (laughs) tell me he's done. Um, but you know, after that, you know, he made it. I'm like, wow, how does a buck like that elude that many eyes, you know, in the woods and not get shot at? It's amazing, it it is, man. It it really is. So, a buck like that, you know, I really tiptoe when I'm getting in tight to his core area, I don't want to put any pressure if I have to. Um, so, you know, I, I got these cameras staged according to elevation um, and off of trails and routes to, into this bedding area where I found a couple beds and that's kind of how I'm going to leave it until I get back up there. Probably. will probably be end of July. I'll go through and do a card poll and see what's going on. And then, you know, I'm a, I'm pretty confident. I don't want to say, like, I'm 100%, because if I would, I would be lying, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm pretty confident that, you know, these are going to be his beds, based off of the trail cam data that I had from last year, his travel route into this pretty notorious bedding area. Um, I'm thinking it, this is such an overlooked area, too, which really made the wheels start turning like nobody hunts here. Yeah. And it just... He, he has total visual of everything going on down below him. You know, he can see any access. is just makes perfect sense on a buck that is of that age caliber to be here, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the strategy going forward with this year, man. It's, I'm excited to see how it pans out. Um, I don't, um, I always get really amped up like a kid on Christmas morning doing a card pull. Um, I usually, I, I would like to say, I'd like to get out at least 15 cameras, okay. um, in a season that I kind of just leave out there to do card pulls on. Um, and then I have, you know, my, my five cell cameras that I have for live Intel. Um, but, you know, up in the mountains, I'm sure you can agree, you know, cell reception in the Sucks. mountains isn't always the greatest. <laughs> no. So I have to stage them accordingly so I have a cell signal um, that, you know. The worst is the, the worst
1: is when you actually get cell service and then all of a sudden, like, it stops and you're like, what in the flying, <laughs> you
2: know, you're like, come on. Like, yeah, like, I just had a signal here, you know. I, so I have a, like,
1: there's a camera that I have out that it, on a, piece here where i where i uh live and it was when i was scouting back in march and the reason why that actually allowed like the only reason why i put that up was because i found uh like a witch hazel and the whole thing tyler the whole thing around was was a scrape like it was just wow it was uh, i've never seen anything like it i was like wow this is just completely tore up and there was some pretty good I want. I wouldn't say like crazy beaten down trails, but it. I really liked the the way the features were. Like there was a really good kind of cover that had a little small faint trails, and then that led out to this like little bit of open, and that's where that witch hazel was. And then it kind of, you know, just the way the terrain features w- wore, and I was like, you know what. Put a camera here. I, this could be a good spot for turkey come spring. Like, let's just see what happens. And I kid you not, a couple of days later, now granted, this is still like middle March. And I had a buck still holding his, his full antlers down there. Wow. Yeah. It was crazy. Oh, cra- my word. It was crazy. I mean, a decent little, it was like a decent little mountain buck. And, uh, since then, though, the last like month and a half, two months, I've yet to get a camera or a picture because it's, uh, like there's no cell service now again all of a sudden i'm like son of a gun no yeah um, so <laughs> sure, it's
2: cloud cover sometimes yeah, it could be cloud cover i, I know.
1: know well it's either that or the foliage or something you yep. know what i mean so i have yep. to keep an eye on it um but yeah dude that's i'm excited to see what happens for you i, I hope you get a freaking crack at him because that what a story you know what i mean like what a yeah. what a story
2: yep absolutely i hope to close the book on the old boy this year um you know, it's, it's definitely, this would definitely be one for the bucks for sure.
1: So here's here's another kind of question to kind of still still about deer. And I know you've gotten a kind of <laughs> the turkey bug this past year, yeah, uh, definitely. At, as did I. And I, I, f- I feel like there's a lot of what we talked about uh, earlier in this podcast, in this episode, that I've, I've talked about it on the uh, recent episode that we did with Aaron Hepler, that there's a lot from my turkey hunting uh, hunts this past year that I plan on taking in the whitetail woods. You know, what were some things maybe for, for you that uh, you could think of that you're like, you know what, this, I like this, or, or you thought about this and you're going to bring it forward to, to this upcoming whitetail season?
2: Yeah, you know, one thing I've really honed in on is in turkey season is browse, mm-hmm. being, yep. being kind of at ground level it's that's one thing i mean these mountain deer especially where i'm hunting they're foragers in in the big woods they yeah. don't really have a said ag field to go to um so they have to find the food you know and them being foragers it's like you know i've really really started to pick up on you know you know tea berry greenbrier. uh I even have up at my cabin, I've stumbled onto a patch of wild blueberries. And lo and behold, there were deer drops and deer droppings in them. Uh, You know, especially if the last couple of years we haven't really had good mass crop uh, yields. I don't know how how it was out where you're at. Um, Yeah, it's been hit hit, hit, hit
1: hit or miss here in central PA. Uh, northeast pa though foo it was it was nuts the last two years
2: in a good yeah. Way. yeah yeah um it we haven't had good uh mass crops up where I've been so it's it's mainly browse that i've been looking for you know the white oaks that were dropping and the, the bears really scarf them up really quick um and it's you know going into that it's something to take into consideration is little things that I never thought a deer would eat. I've seen evidence of them eating it and it's like, there's, there's so many brows out there, you know, anything from, you know, I've seen, uh, like a blowdown that comes down and there's green shoots on and they'll just totally kill like one side. They'll just, Hammer the one side of the blowdown. It's like, man, how did I miss this my entire <laughs> hunting career? Like, you know, so turkey hunting, you know, I've really been on that ground level, um, really focusing on brows and being at that eye level. You know, you can kind of tell how they go through an area and seeing that, you know, I've hung trail cameras up over that, you know, brow. I've, zero hesitation on hanging a trail camera over a good section of brows that I find. Um, and that's kind of one thing that I've been picking Steve's brain about is like, Hey, what kind of brows should I be, poking at, you know, or poking around in anything and everything. Yep. They're mountain deer. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know? As frustrating as so. that's,
1: you know, as frustrating as it is to get that answer. It's so freaking true, man. You're like, what are you eating? You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you look at some of this yeah. stuff.
2: Yeah. I mean, even a couple of years ago, me and my dad, uh, real quick story. We were, got done with our morning hunt and we were walking back to the trailhead and, uh, we came. we came to the trailhead and all of a sudden, we looked to our left, and here's three doe. And they're just kind of grazing with their heads down, and they have no clue we're standing there. So me and my dad just kind of tucked behind this hemlock, and we're watching them. And they got to listen like, I'm not kidding you, Jeremy. This is probably the closest I've ever gotten to a deer. He was, this doe is probably five feet from me and my dad and never looked up. And she was eating these. You ever see those fungus? They're like smoke bombs. Yep. She was eating them at the base of this tree. She picked every single one from the base of this tree. And as she's eating it, I can see the smoke coming out of her mouth (laughs) and her nostrils. I was like, I never knew they ate that. Like it's, but something in their body, is telling them you need to eat this, you know? Yep. And that's, it's it's just crazy, man. The stuff that they eat. Tyler, where
1: could people? What we'll do is this. I would love to come back, uh, revisit this, like right before, maybe even in September, just to kind of yeah. bullshit again and, and talk a little bit more about how the summer scouting has gone for you, what you're seeing, and you know, kind of just you know your your outlook, I guess, for for that season as as more scouting has gone by and and everything like that. So if you're interested, man, I, I would love to to chat with you even more again on that. But, uh, absolutely. dude, where, where could people find you, follow along and, and, uh, see what you got going on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You guys can find me on Instagram, uh, tags, Ty Wilber 59, um, and Facebook as well. Um, and me and Steve Shirk have that mountain buck university going on, yeah. uh, on our YouTube. So, you know, we're constantly dropping content try to drop a video every week, educational video, um. And that's, that's pretty much it, man. I I appreciate, you know, you having me on Jeremy, I've been listening to your podcast for quite some time and he asked me to come on. I was like, dude,
1: I appreciate (laughs) it, man. I appreciate the support. And that means a lot to me because I really do uh, really, really, really do love talking to people, getting a chance to, and, and I apologize to people if, 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 if there's things that I, it's like, Oh, I hear you hear a certain tactic or something like that. But I just love hearing how you attack things, Tyler, right? I, yeah. If it's, if I have some Bob on from wherever I, I just love hearing and I love talking about whitetail and, yeah. uh, and I, I, dude, I appreciate the support from, from you for listening from anybody else that that's been listening. Uh, uh trust me, man, it, I, it it really means a lot and absolutely long, brother. long-winded answer of saying thank you so much for, from you and, and for everybody else that, that tunes in, it really means a, a lot from the bottom of my heart. So uh,
2: I appreciate absolutely, it. Dude. Man. I appreciate absolutely, man. Absolutely, buddy.
1: Well, dude, thank you so much. And uh, for everybody tuning in, thank you for, for listening, go check out Tyler, what he has going on, especially to what he has going on with Steve, uh, with the mountain buck university stuff. Uh, I mean, Steve again is one of the most, uh, kindest individuals that I've ever had a chance to speak with, but man, does he know his stuff. And I, again, another individual that I, I could just listen to, uh, until the, the cows come up. So, um, definitely check, check out the, the mountain buck university and we'll, we'll see you next week. Everybody antler up.